David, I want you to look this way. And for a few minutes, I want to speak to you on a little honey for the journey. And I want to tell you, you're going to need special strength. There'll be days when you'll be weak. But I'm glad you know what this book says. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. And here's Samson. He was the champion of all the champions when he walked through the camp. Uh, the enemy did not cause fear to come in that camp. Samson was one they looked to. Samson was the strong man. And we need some strong saints and some strong mothers and dads in this day. And the Bible said one day, Samson said, Mama, Daddy, I'm going down to Timnath. That was a mistake. He said, I'm going to find me a wife down there among the heathen. Oh, let me say this to you tonight. We need to go to the house of God to find our mates and to find those that we believe God would have us to marry. I remember my wife, she lived in Columbia, South Carolina, when she was my girlfriend, and she worked at the bank, and I... I used to hang around the bank so much they thought I was vice president down there. Amen. But I want to tell you, I took her to church. I never will forget. We went up to Winsboro, right up above Columbia. And she was sitting over there, and I said, Sister Jackson, you or Sister Whetstone, you don't know it, but you may be my wife. She said, I promised God down in Springfield, South Carolina, in a cotton patch when I was a little girl, that I'd never marry a preacher, a doctor, or a lawyer. We went there that night, and brother, I had, listen, I cut wagon wheels, and I shouted and jumped and hollered and hooped. And somebody said, why don't you cut a wagon wheel here tonight? I would, but I'm too old and fat, or I'd try a couple right here. And it embarrassed some of y'all to death. But just as sure, as you hear, I preached that night, Second Baptist Church in Winsboro, South Carolina. We was going home, and old Doc said, you know, I may marry you. I looked at her, and I said, I thought you said when you was a little girl in a cotton patch in Springfield, South Carolina, that you told God you wouldn't marry a preacher, a doctor, or a lawyer. She said, after that, son, you're not preaching enough to her. Praise God. And I'll tell you, eight months later, we were married. But here goes Samson down to find a wife in the Philistine country. And as he went ahead of his mother and dad, he met a lion. And that lion is a ferocious, it's the king uh, of the forest. It's the king. It's the beast that most other animals are afraid of. And as Samson was going down in the vineyard, in that vineyard a young lion, strong and healthy and hungry, roared. And when he did, Samson reached out with his hands. He didn't have a knife. He didn't have a gun. The Bible said in his hands, he reached out and grabbed that lion and rent it just like he would a little kid, a little sheep. And when he killed that lion, he threw its carcass over here and went on down. And a few days later, he said, I better turn aside and see the carcass. I wonder if it's still there. And when he came by, he saw a swarm of bees over that carcass. And he said, wait a minute, 
There's got to be some honey somewhere. And he reached down in that carcass and took two big handfuls of honey. And he ate it. And he heard his mother and dad coming. And he gave them honey. He said, here's some honey for the journey. Now, beloved, if you'll be here every night, every time we have service this week, we believe you'll get a little honey for the journey. And there'll be days that you'll need strength. There'll be days, mister, that you'll need God's power. There will be days that'll not always be sunshine. Do you know what the name Samson means? It means sunshine. And when people saw him, they said, Good morning, Mr. Sunshine. But you know what happened to him? His sunshine turned into rain. A lot of people are like that. Mr. They one time was sunshine. Now they're in stormy weather. And Mr. It's a sad thing to find this out. But I want to give you five highlights tonight that you'll find here about the man called Samson. We see him five places. We see him as just a little boy. Now you say, don't say, yes, it does. It says in the last two verses of chapter 13 in the book of Judges that when Samson was a lad in the camp of Dan, the Spirit would come upon him. And in that very young life, he knew the power of the Spirit of God. Let me tell you, when the church was young in the book of Acts, he knew the power of the Spirit of God. You can't sing without the Spirit. Mister, you can't pray unless you pray in the Spirit. You can't preach until the Spirit of the living God comes upon us. And what a blessing it was here. As a little old boy, he couldn't be still. I can see him down there in the camp of Israel, and the Spirit had come upon him, and he'd just jump and clap his hands and praise the Lord. And you know what they'd do? They'd look out and say, why don't you be still? Little old Samson would say, I can't be still. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'd rather for my children to have and my grandchildren to have the Spirit of God than anything in this world. Thank God He can protect them. He can bless them. And it's a blessing. But here he is, little old boy. I remember I was preaching up north once, and little old boy is the only one in the church. He'd come down after I get through preaching, and he'd stand there and just jump up and down, clap his hands, and praise God. And as he'd do that, the people up north looked at him. lady came up to me one night, and she said, why don't you make him stop that? I said, I'm not going to make him stop that. She said, don't you feel sorry for that little boy? I said, no, I feel sorry for y'all that sit there like a bunch of Indians while I'm a-preaching. And when the Holy Ghost comes down, you just look goggle-eyed, and you don't know about the Spirit of the Lord. Mr. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him as a lad. Oh, you say, I'd like for my boy. Let me give you this. Over in Bryson City, North Carolina, there's a young boy. Came to the altar when I was preaching. And his name's Heath Schuler. And Heath was a big football star in Tennessee. 
And now he prays for the Washington Redskins. But he came to the altar, and I got down by him. And he said, Brother Mays, I'd rather have the Spirit of the Lord on me than anything else in this world. I looked at that young man. I said, Son, if you continue to have that kind of desire, you'll be blessed of the Lord. And let me tell you, sometimes God comes upon little children. Sometimes these young ones, like Samson, listen, he was down in the camp of Dan. And as a young boy, I can see him clapping his hands. And the other kids run up and say, What's the matter with you? He said, I can't help it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And it's a blessing, brother, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you or comes in the church. I'll tell you, somebody's going to do a little moving. Somebody's going to stand up or somebody's going to clap their hands. Somebody's going to be blessed. And I love the Holy Spirit when He hovers down in the preaching and in the praying and in the singing, mister. So the first highlight of this champion. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him as a lad. Secondly, the second highlight of Samson was the secret that he had. But he couldn't keep it. Isn't that pitiful? Did you know God's people's got a lot of secrets? Amen. You read this book. God's children have always had secrets. I was talking to my wife the other day about a doctrine. And as I was talking to her about a doctrine in the Bible, she said, that's a family secret. The world can't understand it. Let me tell you something. Bless God, the world don't understand when a man gets saved and he's set free and God blesses him. Why, where you work, they didn't understand it. They will not understand the works of the Spirit of God. And Samson had a secret, but he couldn't keep it. God, you know why? He was a Nazarite. And a Nazarite couldn't touch three things. Write them down. He couldn't touch, first of all, wine. Let me tell you something I believe with all of my heart. That strong drink and booze has sent more people to hell around Greenwood than anything else. Young boys get hooked on alcohol. You talk about drugs, and I'm against drugs, and I'm against all of that. But when a person gets hooked and becomes an alcoholic, I want to tell you it's a binding thing. And Samson wouldn't, wouldn't, well, he wasn't going to touch it. He said, I'm a Nazarite, and I don't believe in touching it. And I believe when you get right, mister, you won't touch that stuff. Bless God, you'll hate the liquor crowd. You'll hate the booze outfit, and you'll stand against it. You think of little children that'll go to bed hungry tonight because Daddy is a drunkard, and Daddy spends his money on booze. You think about the homes tonight where they're not even homes, they're hell on earth. You know why? Because there's booze in the refrigerator. And booze has caused Daddy's mind to be locked up against God and against that which is morally right. And listen, Samson could not touch wine. But here's a man that could not touch wine, and he couldn't touch strong drink. 
And you take a man that touches strong drink, and a man that lets strong drink rob him of his uh, thinking facilities, and robs him of everything that's pure and holy. A young girl will go out here under the influence of liquor and do things you never thought about it. And so will men. And so, hey, first thing he couldn't touch, he couldn't touch wine. Secondly, he couldn't touch a dead person. Did you know he couldn't go to his mother's funeral and touch her? He wasn't supposed to touch the dead. And if he'd come to a Baptist church, bless God, you'd have to get a whole seat for him by himself. Because if he sat down by one of them dead people, he'd be going against the Nazarite vow. Oh, it's time the church of Jesus Christ wake up. We need a resurrection, bless God. We need to come alive in the Holy Ghost. We need to go out of here, mister, with life and life more abundantly. And let people know what God has done for us and he made us quicken when we were dead in trespasses and sin I was in the tomb I was bound with grave clothes but the Holy Ghost came by and said come forth and praise God I came forth and I was made alive in the Lord Jesus Christ and the life that I now live I live with the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me me. Thank God for that life, mister. It's not mine, it's his. Praise God. His life in me, mister, it's a blessing. The third thing he couldn't touch was the seven locks on the back of his head. Now, those locks were separated locks. They were the Nazarite, the average man on the street. And I can't stand to see these earrings and ears and rings in their noses and long hair, mister. It just gets on my nerves. I told my wife, I said, I don't have many weddings, and I hope I never have one like this. One standing here and one standing there, and they look so much alike, and their hair is the same length. I'll say, whoever you are, marry whoever that is, and God have mercy on the rest. Say, man, brother, I'll tell you, Samson, he was an Nazarite. He had a secret, but he couldn't keep it. Mystery, let the devil know the secret. God will give you some secrets tonight. And, mister, you better keep them to yourself. Did you know the devil doesn't know anything you don't tell him? If some of you keep your mouth shut, he wouldn't know so much about you. Say, man, the devil cannot read your mind. The devil cannot tell you anything about you unless you tell him. So, boy, the next time you're tempted to tell uh, something, just say, devil, I'm not going to let you know anything about it. Jesus knows it. We're going to shout till we get to heaven, praise God. But you watch this. Here was a secret that Samson couldn't keep. Then I want you to notice a third highlight about him. The scheme that Satan had to trap him. Now, if you think, oh, the devil will never trap me, you wait a minute. The Bible said, when you think, you stand. Take heed, lest you fall. And boy, we got a lot of people saying, well, Brother Mays, I've been saved. And the devil can't trap me. You better watch out. Paul said about the wiles of Satan. They're cunning. They're deceitful. And you'll be down before you know it. 
The devil can put a scheme up before you. And so here's Samson. They couldn't stop him. Why, he could kill a thousand Philistines with just a jawbone. Had a secret. Hadn't told it. And boy, he slew that thousand. And Samson was a mighty man of valor. But you know what he did? He didn't know the scheme of the devil. Now, there was old Delilah. And he said to Delilah, the Satan said, I want you to give him a haircut. And I want you to find out his secret. And he'll be as other men. Listen, when we in the church have to be theatrical and have to copy Hollywood and adapt the programs of man, we're going to go down. But if we'll go by the New Testament and go by the book of Acts, where they went everywhere with the Spirit of God upon them, and where the town was stirred, everybody got stirred. That's what we need to do, brother, tonight in the house of the living God. And you hear me just as sure as you hear, and my name's Brother Mays, and you hear me, the devil is out to put a scheme right in front of you. And if he does, if you're not very careful, you'll fall into the pitfall. Here's Delilah. She was the scheme that Satan used upon Samson. But I want to go on. I've been preaching a little while. Let me give you something else. There was the shame that came to Samson. Oh, I know some Christians tonight, and they brought shame on the church. They brought shame to their homes. They brought shame to the community. But I know some saints of God that are still standing true and still standing holy and walking in the Spirit and living like they should live. But Samson brought shame. You say, what kind of shame? Bible said they took Samson and took a red-hot poker and they gouged out his eyes and blood and matter came down his face and he lost his eyesight. Oh, listen, that's a terrible thing to lose. And he was blinded because of the shame that befell him. Secondly, although was he blinded, but he was bound. He was a prisoner uh, of the devil. That's sad. Did you know this tonight? Brothers, the devil can bind you and make you lose your testimony and make you... Listen, you say, well, I don't have anything but my name. Well, bless God, that's all any of us have got. And we need to keep our name clean. I'll tell you, I believe tonight, without a shadow of a doubt, I had a little boy last week, and I never thought about this. And his mother came up and thought she got a big kick out of it, my wife. And he, uh, she said, do you know what my little boy said the other night? He'd never heard Brother Mays. And uh, Dot said, no, honey. I don't, what did he say? said he'd been to hear Rush Limbaugh. Y'all haven't heard of Rush? If he didn't cuss so much, I'd like him. Say amen. Well, I don't like to hear anybody curse. I believe you ought to talk right. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, Plutocrat, or plain old rat, bless God. I believe you ought to talk right. Say amen. I believe you ought to. A lady asked me one night, said, Brother Mace, if you had your choice between chewing tobacco and cursing, which would you do? Well, I said, I ain't going to take no choice. Like, I'm not going to do either one. But if I had to do one, I'd chew tobacco. At least I'd get some juice out of it. Say amen. But as sure as you're here, and my name is Brother Mace Jackson, your name is all you've got. 
And boy, when your name's gone down the drain, he was bound and he had to work for the enemies of God. They put him there to grind in the prison house of sin. I'd rather die than to have have my ministry over on the side of the a modernist and the people that are taking this world to hell. Oh, I don't want to work one inch for the devil's crowd. I don't want to give the devil any kind of influence that I have. If I've got any, mister, I want to put it on the old rugged cross uh, and the resurrection and the second coming and the hallelujahs that we have. He was placed there in the prison house of despair, working for the enemies of God. It's sad, it's sad tonight that people is here 40-something years ago. Some of them are still living. And I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't get them to come hear me preach. Call. Some of you call today. They'll make nine excuses, won't they? Oh, we'd love to come. Well, no, they don't. Why lie about it? You see, I don't want to go. Amen. That'd be the best thing to do. Just say, hey, listen, I don't want to go. We're talking about rheumatism, bless God, and everything else. And just say, I don't want to go. But there are people like that. And they'll see you call them tomorrow and say, hey, why don't you come down to Augusta Road? Oh, they'd say to hear Brother May. Oh, I'd love to come. But I'll tell you, I'm just not able. But they can go to Walmart and say, Amen. Bless God, they can go out here in the mill and work all day. But they can't come to the house of God. There's something wrong somewhere with them. They don't want to come. That's why they're not here tonight. Brother, this church ought to be running over. And they ought to be standing around the wall because they're hungry to hear from heaven. But they're not hungry. And here's old Samson grinding for the enemy. And what a pitiful thing. And then, you see, the last thing I want to call your attention about, the Spirit came upon him one more time. Here he was. They took him into the big palace of Dagon. You know what that was? The God of the sun. And they worshipped that God. And they took old Samson in there. And they said, there are two pillars that hold up this big palace, this dance hall. And they said, Samson, there are 3,000 people here. Now, Samson did wrong. He said, I want God to vengeance, bring vengeance upon that crowd. Listen, vengeance belongs to God, not you. You say, but somebody hurt my feelings. Turn them over to God. God will take care of them. He may not do it tonight. He may not do it tomorrow. But you listen to me. The Bible said vengeance belongs to God. And He'll do that thing. I remember several years ago, I was on Waggy five times a day. Five times a day. Man, you couldn't tune in over that WAGI unless you got Brother Mays. And it's a guy up here in Columbus, North Carolina. Boy, he hates, hated God, and he hated preaching on the radio. And he wrote an article in his paper on the editorial page and said, Meet Brother Mays, and he spelled Mays wrong. Now, you know what Mays is, don't you? If you look in your dictionary, it's corny. My wife said, Boy, they really knew how to, how to name you corny. Don't you call me corny while I'm here, but Mays means corny. And so he said, meet Brother Mays and spelled it wrong. He said, he said, let's take a look at the old book, but said he wants to see your pocketbook. 
And boy, he went down through there and he said, he doesn't have any money here in the United States. He's got money in the Bank of Switzerland. And boy, you never heard just talking about me. And then he said, the inspirations are insurrections. He said, that old insurrection crowd that sings for him, they're no count either. And boy, when I got word of that, I said to my wife, I got a lot of friends around up there in Columbus, North Carolina. And if they read that and believe that, I'm gone. Doc said, no instrument formed against thee falsely will prosper. 